As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Juice. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Juice to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Juice's unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure, as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Shoes has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. You know, I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, <laughs> everything. No, it really has been. It's so funny. <sighs> I did not watch what is also dubbed as nerd prom because I was busy over the weekend. And because these aren't real nerds. They're just people nobody likes. I mean, can we be honest? Welcome back to the show. Well... Welcome to Monday, I should say. I feel like I've already been, because it was on, I was getting the show ready and I felt like I was already talking to everybody like, oh my gosh, do you guys see this? Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It's good to be with you. So welcome to the program. Dana Lash here, your lovable little post-aughts Daria. I don't know how else to say it. Got a, a few things that uh, we're going to be diving into. We're going to get you set up as the latest with the disinfo continues because now they're denying that they, well, no, it's really for your, it's because you people are too stupid to figure out what's true and what isn't. We're going to talk about that. Maybe, much, perchance, the reemergence of the fairness doctrine, which is a little crazy, and we'll, uh, we'll discuss some of that. We got a lot to kind of dive into here. Oh my gosh, and I got some craziness as well for you because, you know, can't go a day without that all right so first and foremost though real quick the nerd I, i'm not going to talk a lot i'm not going to spend a lot of time on the nerd prom because i don't care because these aren't real nerds they just they they stole the nerd term and they're trying to act like it's theirs you're not nerds because nerd simple nerd symbolizes something that these people are not nerd means that you have a skill and or something you're really good at well i mean shoveling bs is really these people's forte so perhaps that's what they're they're getting into. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is because they're not nerds. These are just people that nobody likes. Just because someone doesn't like you doesn't mean that you're a nerd, right? That's like the chicks that wear glasses that don't actually need them, and then they're like, "Look at me, I'm smart." No, no, you're just a skank with glasses. That's all you are now. I have to have mine because I can't see the clock, and then my talking points, and then go back and forward. No, my talking, my notes, my notes that I give myself. All right, so. I didn't watch an art. I can't, I'm sure you, but I did think that that was an interesting part yeah. of it. Yeah. And I'm not, um, I don't know what, I don't know what my opinion of uh, Noah, what's his face is. He's not as good as Jon Stewart who lost it. I think at some point all these people lose it. They just lose the magic. You know, I don't know what it is. They lose it. Like Jon Stewart doesn't even have it anymore. Jon Stewart today is the grumpy old desiccated version of Jon Stewart of yesteryear and i don't know enough about what's his name noah whatever i don't even know trevor noah, trevor noah thank you i knew his name but i just 
didn't care to file it away in my mental Rolodex. It's saved for really important things like, you know, where can I go and, you know, what what battles should I undertake and which one should I avoid on Elden Ring because I'm tired of dying. <laughs> just just going to put it out that way. Died a whole lot this weekend. <laughs> someone else someone else messaged and was like, I got this game on your recommendation and it's so great, but oh my gosh, the death. Yeah, it's so bad. People were like, no, do Assassin's Creed. It's way easier. I've played Assassin's Creed. It's great. I love Assassin's Creed. Elden Ring, though, is a challenge. And I really, like my jimmies, if I had them, would be rustled because I really, now I'm really all into it. Okay, we're going to talk. I'm going to take that because I'm going to go on a gaming tangent. We're going to take that. We're going to put it on the side, right? So we have it there. Like it's like a side dish. Okay, we're going to lay it to the side. All right, so Nerd Prom, I wanted to share this headline with you. Now, before I do, I want you to keep in mind everything that's happened to, all, to us all the past couple of weeks, right? High prices, inflation, gas, everything. People are reevaluating what they're putting into their savings. People aren't taking vacations. Sometimes people aren't buying the good cut of meat. That's probably one of the saddest things to me ever, that you would bypass a good cut of meat because, mm, let's get the cheaper one. That really is an American travesty. Now, all of this, now you would think, you would think that the administration would want to tailor their messaging around targeting this and reducing people's pain at the pump, reducing their pain at the grocery store. You would think that they would maybe stay away from calling parents terrorists just because they want to make sure that a picture book about blowjobs isn't available in their elementary. What if, can I just pause for a moment? I'm going to come back to this. I got a headline about it. It's, if it's too sensitive for me to even talk about with other grown folks on my radio program for grown folks, why is it in elementary school libraries? I'm not making this up because one of my friends in the Keller ISD school district was one of the people that picked up, that found that that book was in their kid's library. Her kid found it. So it's like not making this up. And then all these parents found these books. After that, it just kind of like did, had this domino effect. There was no witch hunt. We're, they're just like, literally, why is there a book with cartoon people legit gauging, engaging in naked sex acts? Like there's be any other company, you know what I mean? There's other things. And, and that's like, it's like, I'm talking like whole entire page of the book is that image. G- pretty graphic. I couldn't even show you on the simulcast because people would get mad. I mean, I could because we don't have the same FCC restrictions, but you understand what I'm saying. It's pretty nuts. By the way, you can watch the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show on YouTube or the first. All right. So here's the headline. Biden world wants to make midterms more about Trump and Elon Musk. (sighs) Worst strategists in the world. So they're approaching it in this manner. They say that The election is going to be a referendum or a contrast. Here's what's crazy. There's two separate pieces about this today by three different people. Two of them wrote one of them together. It's pretty crazy, right? In fact, actually, I take it back. There's three. There's one thing that was like hit, hit over at Axios. You got a piece of Politico, which is the one I'm looking at. They said that. Democrats, Biden and Democrats, they've been advised to game out 
the possibility, maybe perhaps, of one particular. They're, they're struggling. They're trying to also game out strategy for October surprises. And they're trying to turn the, the campaign into a contrast with Donald Trump and Republicans. Look, I know that Donald Trump is probably going to wait until the last minute to decide or to, to announce that he's running or not. But I'll say this, too. Don't think it's just him because you also have DeSantis in this mix. And it's not just Trump either. I think a lot of Trump's longevity is going to be tested by some of these endorsements here coming up at midterms and beyond, but uh, or primaries ahead of midterms. But they're really they're still running on the on the specter of Trump, which is wild. They have to have a boogeyman because when you're the boogeyman, you got to find a bigger boogeyman. So they're trying to figure out how in the world they can they really don't have anywhere to pivot. Think of it. What are they going to They can't really talk about foreign policy without bringing up Ukraine and definitely not without bringing up the disastrous exit from Afghanistan. There's no way they can have that discussion. How what are are they really going to pivot towards domestic matters? Because I have a handful of new polls. Four of them are liberal outlets. Only one of them was conservative. And some of these are pretty well, one of them I'm not even going to get into because it's like plus it's like plus eight oversampled. It's ridiculous. But even still with that heavy leaning, people do not believe it in the whole Putin price hike fantasy because you had inflation trending near a 40 year high way before that ever happened. You had you, you people could see this. And also, additionally, the supply chain was being crunched because we were still coming out of the lockdown, which was stupid. And even some Republicans participated in that. So they're actually going to spend all the rest of the spring and summer. They're going to try to push forward pieces of their agenda that stalled out. And they want to make everything about Elon Musk and probably Trump. So Biden has been testing. He's been you've probably heard this a couple of times. He's been floating this line. This ain't your father's Republican Party. As though he's a young guy. I don't know. It's weird. This ain't your father's Republican Party. He keeps going, it's the MAGA party now. And he said that Republicans are afraid to act correctly because they'll know that they'll be primaried if they don't toe the line set by Trump and his acolytes. This is stuff that Biden has been saying. Here's the thing. Here's the problem with that. The media can't make up their mind on what narrative they want to go. Either Trump is poisoned to your primary And they've been talking about the endorsements that Trump's made in the past that didn't work out. And they've been they've been speculating as to which of his endorsements going into the primaries are going to work out. So he can't either be so weak that he doesn't have any coattails to bring people his preferred candidate across the line during a primary. Or he's so powerful that everyone who opposes him is primaried out of office. Like, which is it? You can't have both of them. I have a headline today about Trump has, is weak in Ohio. I mean, I literally have that. I have that as a headline. It's just in my notes as an aside. So which narrative is it? That's one of the problems with it. Biden's trying to also do populism, but he's bad at it. That's a thing. Democrats haven't been good at populism since Clinton. Since first Clinton go around in the 90s. So they're, they keep going, well, we're going to try to do a contrast. Yeah, there is a contrast. I mean, it's relatively easy to see. You have one group of people that think that parents are terrorists if they just want to be notified and have their consent obtained about stuff in the classroom that is beyond reading, writing, and arithmetic, stuff in the classroom in the library, 
when I saw a tweet that said, you know, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about, but if you try to talk to my kid about graphic sex, I'm going to identify you as a pinata, and I love candy. I, I identify with that. I felt that. I felt seen. Democrats say that there isn't a... Four of these aides, I always love like these sources, four of them say that there is not a consistent messaging effort from the White House on talking points about Biden's domestic successes because I wasn't aware that there were any Kane. I have to tell you. The only thing that I'm that he has done, I'll give credit words too, because I'm not I'm not a partisan zealot. I like truth on like, you know, some of the people that are on the other side of the aisle. I think the part that he has, what he's done well on is we're not at least already fighting Russia in World War III. That's it. That's it. I think if the nation wasn't so irrevocably against it, that that probably would be a little bit different. And also because I think that you really have to have the executive involved in those conversations. And he doesn't know he is the executive half the time. So, you know. But... They said that they are. They can't talk about what are they going to pivot to what, when they sit here and they talk about domestic issues. What are they going to pivot to the border? He rescinds Title Forty Two because suddenly, coronavirus is still an emergency everywhere except the southern border, a magical area because the Rio apparently from its waters imparts a an immunity to the virus that is unable to be obtained anywhere else. I don't, I don't know if you're aware of that. It's called science. What are they going to do on, what, parents? Tech? For real, what do they have to pivot to? Nothing. They're already talking about cutting, or well, cutting the tax cuts, raising taxes. What are they going to pivot to? They keep looking at Emmanuel Macron over in France, and they're like, well, he was able to defeat Marine Le Pen. Do you realize in France you have to show up the day and write your ballot in? They don't do any of that digital. Do you realize that? Let's be careful. I thought they didn't like that stuff. France's system is quite different. Hmm. A lot of interesting things here. Also, coming up, the I, someone called the broad who can't stop filming herself on TikTok and singing. She, how many filters does one need? When you look like marzipan, when you literally look like you are made of an almond paste, a confection, you have too many filters on. Stop it. They Someone called her Nurse Ratchet. The nurse ratchet of disinformation. That's actually quite accurate. So we're going to get into the latest with that. We also have, apparently, Putin's going to undergo an operation. Some of the video shows he's like, something's wrong with that dude, for real. Uh, Also, uh, an education. No, it is not okay to force everybody else to pay off debt that you didn't choose to incur. Uh, And that's not how it works. We're going to discuss that. The latest with control, because now they're trying to say that, oh, coronavirus is coming back. Everybody get ready. Stop it. We got a lot. I go media malpractice, too. We have a lot, a lot coming up for you. Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they're 100% 
U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. PatriotMobile.com Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Well, I had another headline I was going to go with right off the bat, but nope, we're going to go with this one. You know which one it is, Kane. Nope, nope. It's a very important story related to science. New York Post. This man's male copulatory organ. Some people in some parts of the country where we're heard get offended if I say the P word for male copulatory organ, even if it is the scientific, correct, acceptable term. This man's male copulatory organ fell off and regrew on his arm. I don't even know how this is possible. Uh, Apparently, this man had a severe blood infection and had an artificial member surgically attached to his area where it would be normally by the Lord. Uh, Six years after it was designed by doctors. Uh, Malcolm McDonald, 47. It's actually pretty crazy. He's in Norfolk, England. He's a mechanic. He said literally his, you know, whatever fell off onto the floor and he suffered an infection in oh boy another area of his person so yeah they actually they they put a uh, a bit on his arm and uh because it's science kane i don't this isn't Uh, i could be talking to you about the doctor who compared going without shoes and socks to not wearing a mask but i'm bringing you this important news so you can just accept it and be grateful thank you also (laughs) also a uh, Kansas tornado generated 165 mile per hour winds, damaged, destroyed a number of homes, left a path of destruction 13 miles long. Just absolutely awful, uh, the destruction that it left behind. And of course, Naomi Judd apparently had committed suicide, passes away at age 76. We've got a lot more on the way. Ooh, and today's happy double tap day. Osama bin Laden was turned into a red smear on the earth by SEAL Team 6. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately, we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms, and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's The Dana Show. A lot of people say the Republican Party is too extreme, too divisive, too controlled by one person. They say that's not your father's Republican Party. Ronald Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear this wall down. Today's Republicans say, tear down Mickey Mouse's house. And pretty soon they'll be storming Cinderella's castle. You can be sure of it. Hmm. 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 
I don't want to storm Cinderella's castle. You know it's based on the Marquis of de Sade's castle? Do you know that? Yeah, famous libertine. Don't Google it. Don't do it. Don't. Okay, you're doing it, because I can tell. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Uh, and it's Monday. That was the president speaking. I, there, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to focus all on it, but I did think that was kind of funny. They're sitting here talking about the, uh, they can't dive into the, the whole culture war thing all at once because if they start talking about Disneyland then all you got to do if Republicans were smart they would be like I thought y'all hated corporate welfare I mean you either like corporate welfare or you don't you either think that corporations should pay their fair share or you don't like there's you gotta you gotta pick one you can't get both right you don't get it's not a two-for-one it's not it's not we're not doing that it's it's only at like certain stores (laughs) only the corporations that donated they donated to Democrats though didn't they Kane I used to feel bad that I've never taken my kids to Disneyland or Disney World. When did that get into si- inside of people's heads? Like, that's something that you have to do as a parent is to take your kid there. Remember after all the big sporting events on TV, they would ask the MVP. They'd be like, hey, go? now that you've won the World Series, where are you? what are you going to do? I'm going to Disney World or Disneyland. So, yeah, that was, um, that was a thing. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what hell would be like, but I would imagine that it'd be like a Disney World, Disneyland kind of thing. I was there once when I was a child, and I was a germaphobe even then. I just, you know, you have giant furries walking around, and it's hot outside. And people touch everything, and it's, there's sweat. And, you know, just, you know, I'm all right. And some of the rides that spin smell questionably like vomit. Just not... And now everything's politically, you can't even do this to small world after all. That whole, didn't they change up that whole area? Everything's changed because everyone's offended over something that happened centuries before they were ever born and had no effect on their lives. I am offended. So offended. (sighs) But that's the thing. It's cool to be a victim, right? Dang, it feels good to be a victim. You don't have to empower yourself. All right. We, uh, I have a, I was on a, talking about some of the Democrat stuff. Going, nah, nah, nah. But, oh, did you know, here's a fun little thing that I found. Biden promised Harris lunch once a week, and they've only had two this year. Oh. Yeah, it's probably because it's awkward, and probably because he forgot. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he doesn't, he doesn't remember anything. Not a single thing. I wanted to play this audio for you, too. Audio sound by 12. This was Samantha Power. I forget what she does. What does she do in the Biden administration? She's like at, she was in the Obama administration. Is she still the, hang on, hang on. Don't tell me. Don't tell me, Twitter. I don't want to know. She's um, some, she's like a, some, oh, at Agency for International Divorce. Why do we even need that? Why do we need that? Article 1, Section 8. Why do we need all these government agencies? Well, because some people have got a lot of friends. Okay, well. So she, uh, she's married to Cass Sunstein, too, of course, wouldn't you know? So anyway, she's a government official. She was giving this interview over the weekend. And they were discussing fertile, it was MSNBC, fertilize, fertilizer shortages that's going to force farmers to hasten transitions to more natural solutions. And that's obviously what she supports. Listen. Fertilizer shortages are real now because Russia is a big exporter of fertilizer. And even though fertilizer is not sanctioned, uh, less fertilizer is coming out of Russia. 
As a result, we're working with countries to think about natural solutions like manure and compost. And this may hasten transitions that would have been in the interest of farmers to make eventually anyway. So never let a crisis go to waste. Hmm. Never let a crisis go to waste. Hmm. Yeah, well. We're going back to the days of yore, dude. Or never hesitate to create a crisis. And also that, yeah. Never hesitate to create a crisis. Going back to natural. Going just, we're going to go back to natural. And natural manure. That's what, you know, natural. Going to go back to wind. Going to go back to unreliable. We're just going to, the weather. We're just going to be powered by the weather. You know, and we're going to let people bleed out, you know, with leeches. Because that's the scientific thing to do to take care of their health. I mean, you know, who cares if this affects, you know, burgeoning countries? Who cares if this is only going to, you know, have kind of a moderate impact on first world countries? Who cares about everybody else? You know, if a lot of people have to die in order to transition us back to manure and, you know, all of that, then that's, you know, that's worth it. It's a worthy, that's what they're, that's ultimately what they're saying that they don't want to say. I can't, it, I, no, sorry, ABC, almost the same thing. I wish that that someone would have pressed her on that. I mean, Pol Pot tried this, if memory serves, didn't he? And how well did that work out? She's a ghoul. She is an absolute ghoul. Good heavens. Yes, fertilizer shortages. For, farmers are going to hasten transitions. to, And you know what? That means that the food production is going to be reduced and limited. That means that you're going to have less to export to third world countries. And then you're going to have a bunch of dying kids from starvation. And you're going to have people like Samantha Power who are going to be out there and trying to blame. I don't know. Who are you going to blame now? Putin? You're going to blame Trump? What, what are you going to, who are you going to blame? I mean, this is just so, there's a reason why we've taken these leaps forward. Not like, you know, the Great Leap Forward, which was a giant fall backwards. But there's a reason why we've been able to progress, you know, our food cultivation and everything else to the point where we can create more and that because there isn't I don't there isn't such a thing as a food shortage Uh, I remember I can't believe I actually read this in one of my was probably the last it wasn't even conservative I oh man can you believe that I almost said that it it was a book based on truth it was just facts it was the myth of a of the Amir is a myth of a the myth of hunger and it was a discussion about how there really isn't a food shortage and there really isn't this this uh, naturally occurred anywhere where you hear starvation running rampant. It's because you have tyrants in control and it's really comes down to the way that the area is administered and governed. This idea that because you're not doing enough for someone when you are, but it's just not getting shared with them when it's sent to an aid. Good heavens. It's... um. It's just it's it's just crazy that someone's going on TV and suggesting this. And just because it's coming from a white, partially Irish government official doesn't mean that it's any less evil than when Pol Pot did it or any less evil than when Mao did it and created one of the, you know, one of the first greatest man-made caused, you know, starvation, uh, mass starvation ever in the history of the world. I'm just just creepy, creepy, creepy. And this is why they're just why Democrats are losing support. New York Post says Biden's Hispanic support has just entirely collapsed. And then and then they were discussing this, too, which 
apparently Democrats don't realize, I think, who they're they don't realize enough about these demographics. They're just like, oh, my gosh, you are black or brown or a woman. You have a vagina. You got to vote for Democrats. You're brown. You got to vote for Democrats. Hispanic communities are predominantly blue collar workers. And they were disproportionately hit by not by the pandemic lockdown and the subsequent economic fallout. Cities where you have higher concentrations of black and Hispanic Americans that had stricter quarantine requirements, they kept schools closed the longest. This just destroyed support for these communities. Adam Rodriguez over at New York Post was diving into particularly urban areas and crime and Hispanic voters and why they're just being driven away from Democrats. And really, a lot of this goes to a lot of this is related to uh, these local, whether it's mayors, governors, these d- Democrat DAs. People see these Democrat policies of, you know, c- essentially catch and release when it comes to criminals and they go out and reoffend. They drive the recidivism rate. They see what's happening in California and Seattle, uh, San Francisco, uh, in Portland. They were, I saw a story that there was a, like what a, like it was kind of like a Walgreens or something like that that got raided. And, and there was like one security dude there just kind of stood at the side because they have like a no engage policy. What's the point of even having someone there? Uh, clearly the deterrent isn't working. But the entrepreneurial spirit of Hispanic community, really, I think any community. Think about this. What was America was created by the entrepreneurial spirit. When people come to the United States and join the great American quilt family, the entrepreneurial spirit is what drives it because you have people who aren't able to create businesses in their home countries. I have a really good friend who uh, came with her parents when she was probably about four or five from Columbia to the United States. And her dad ended up becoming an attorney. And uh, her and her brothers followed suit, but worked really, really hard, opened his business practice, Mother opened up a restaurant. They worked really hard. Weren't able to do that in their home country. And that was the sole reason why they wanted to move to the United States. And she's and her family, understandably, are proud of you. You should be proud of the fruits of your labor. You can't. They, people come to the United States because the corruption and the bureaucracy and just sometimes the outright tyranny make it impossible to do the same thing in that, in, in that country that you could do in the United States. I was reading about the regulations in France, for instance. You know how hard it is to open a business in Paris and get like straight front? Did you, I did not real. Oh, my gosh. It would be too long for me to explain on the show. But yeah, there's it's almost I mean, it's almost punitively a step. It's almost like a punitive measure. How dare you open a business? We're going to we're going to punish you with all these regulations and hurdles that you have to satisfy and hurdles you have to jump over. Unbelievable. So, yeah. You have a lot of these demographics. It's because Democrats don't know the Hispanic community. They don't understand who these communities are. They don't understand why these communities identify with individualism, why they love liberty, why they 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 want to have the fruits of their own labor. They don't want the government taking anything from them. And they still don't understand it. If you listen to their messaging... One of the other things we're going to dive into is we got some media and we have some tech. Now, as it relates to Twitter, the commentariat class, of which I'm a member, but the leftist commentariat class 
freaking out. You have to have regulation. You, in fact, there was, and we'll play this audio coming up. They were saying, oh, you cannot have these, allow for these guys to have control discourse in this country or we're all going to hell. Trump opened the gates of hell. They're all freaking out. They're all saying that Elon Musk was just, he's going to hand this to the, to the alt-right, which I don't even understand what that means. Simply because you're allowing political speech that someone might disagree with on that somehow, oh boy, you mean you get to like contest the veracity of mask studies? Just saying. We're going to get into a little bit of that. Also, this doctor made a really dumb analogy saying that if you're not going to wear a mask in public, she's not going to wear socks or shoes. Prove it. Prove it, you hobbit. Prove it. We got a lot to get to still. As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. Dana gives you the meat and potatoes news of the day. None of that tofu news. More like bacon with a side of hash browns news. The news you want, the way you want it. The Dana Show. Here's the difference. America's far left wants to give us free health care and free child care. America's far right wants to give us white supremacy and no democracy. And this asymmetrical polarization of U.S. politics would be laughable if it weren't so horrifying. We are living through an unspeakably dangerous moment. The pro-QAnon, pro-neo-Nazi faction of the Republican Party is poised to expand dramatically come the midterms. We're just two years away from Donald Trump very possibly re-seizing executive power. If that happens, we may look back on this past week as a pivotal moment when a petulant and not so bright billionaire casually bought one of the world's most influential messaging machines and just handed it to the far right. Yeah, that's some guy over at NBC and I can't remember what is. I Don't remind me his name. I don't care. Who's oh, they're handed it to the far right. Who's the far right, though? I mean, that's, that just can't be the go-to boogeyman every single time. The left doesn't get its way. Oh, my gosh. We didn't get what we wanted, so that means it's going to the far right. It's, it's not, though. That's not what that means. That's just, the words have meanings. Not everyone who disagrees with you is a member of the far right. Not just like how people who disagree with me, not every single person is a member of the far left. That's the stupidest thing. It's such a lazy excuse. They're just mad because they can't control everyone else's speech. That's the problem. They cannot control everybody's speech. And so now because they can't, I guess everybody is. It's all part of the far right. We're all going to worry. And then they had to create this governance board. Good grief. All right. So welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Go sign up for that newsletter chapter and verse over at Substack. A lot of good stuff comes out through the week for that. 
It's a great way to keep up with all the stuff that I'm talking about on air. Additionally, you can go find me on YouTube and Facebook. I saw this over the weekend. Kane, tinfoil hat. Oh boy. Firefighters extinguished an industrial fire at a Purdue Farms facility. See? Now, I will say this because there was a very helpful uh, listener who was asking about this. Because this was apparently a facility with dozens of buildings. Doesn't necessarily shut down to the whole thing. Now, one of these listeners had said, okay, well, it's a soybean vat that did that. It does it a lot. There are 36,000 food processing plants and warehouses. It looks like it's happening because when one report kicks up, they all put them first page. 13, though, in a few weeks is not a small number. So I'm still reserve the right to wear my, you know, my tinfoil hat there. But this one, that's very, you know, I think that there's something to be said there. Let's... Maybe not. This maybe isn't part of the grand conspiracy. Maybe not everything is. Some things definitely are, though. Stick with us. Second hour on the way. If there's only one word to remember about Keltec, it's innovation. A privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P15 9mm Striker Fire Pistol. The P15 is Keltec's first Striker Fire handgun and is the lightest and thinnest of its kind. Featuring a totally unique patent pending extended magazine, the P15 pistol's other features include fiber optic front sight and adjustable rear, ambidextrous safety and magazine release, as well as a gator grip texture that increases stability and makes for easy, accurate handling. The P-15 is fun on the range, but it's definitely great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P-15 9mm Striker Fire Pistol and all other kel weapons and products, check out kel That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. kel creating innovative, quality firearms to help secure your world. kel it looks like uh, policing of speech. Can you explain what this uh, program is about? Sure. So we set up essentially an internal working group, and I must say um, that we could we could have done a better job in communicating what it is and what it isn't. It's a working group that takes best practices with respect to our work that has been going on for years. Mm-hmm. Best practices on how to do that work. The work of addressing disinformation that presents a threat to the security of our country. How to do that work in a way that does not infringe on free speech, does not infringe on civil liberties. So this working group uh, takes best practices and disseminates it to, disseminates those best practices to the operators. What? Who are the operators? This is DHS's Alejandro Mayorkas, who's trying to defend the creation of this media disinformation board after Nurse Ratchet, this crazy chick who loves looking at herself through her phone, adores herself. I've never seen anyone fo- like record themselves so many times and their entire social media accounts is pictures of their face. I can't stand that. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Your lovable little curmudgeon. Second hour of our program, sign up for the newsletter over at Chapter and Verse. They just can't imagine why Americans would dislike this dystopian thing that they've created. They are going to be the arbiters of truth. And you have this chick who, I mean, she's at work. She wrote a song to the tune of a Mary Poppins song. 
and about disinformation and is looks like a loon. She looks like a loon. She would be a stage five clinger if you saw her out and about. If you were single and this chick was coming up to you trying to catch her eye, dude, somebody's got eyes like this, you run. <sighs> Nina Jankowitz. She's, uh, I, it's, it's just wild. And they're trying to, I guess, somehow suggest that, well, we need to make sure that, you know, this is legitimate information or we're going to, you know, and then we'll have it throughout the, you know, with the, with the proper operator. Who are the operators? Operators that they would have here. Big tech. I mean, who are the people that they, yeah, this is all just because they can't stand Elon Musk purchasing. And then he was, when he was talking about, let me pull this up. He was trying to, this was on Sunday when he was doing this. One of the quotes that he told Dana Bash on CNN State of the Union about the, his Orwellian board, he goes, quote, uh, it works to ensure that the way in which we address threats, the connectivity between threats and violence are addressed without infringing on free speech, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not true. He said the same thing on MSNBC saying that, well, we're, gonna, we're not going to infringe on civil liberties or free speech. And then, um, and this was something that, that was the transcript from Politico, when they, were, when they actually cited the creation of their board, they used as an example, like, oh, phony information that's reaching Haitian communities, telling them that the border is open. Except that was stuff that was actually, I mean, they're just citing Democrats' own words that are saying, you know, ultimately. Mayorkas said, well, we could have done a better job communicating what it is and what it doesn't do. And he was saying that this is the, you know, this is the misinformation that's out there is why we need this. Look, here's what, again, the DHS has a publicity department. If there are questions about something as it relates to press or relates to any information or any policy, then the press talks to the PR department. They don't need to create a whole other separate board to do what the PR department already does unless, unless that's not what any of this is about. I was actually kind of shocked that Bash did not, either she didn't know or something. I was a little shocked that she didn't ask that question because that would have been my first question. He says, oh, they're not going to track citizens. Oh, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to monitor American citizens. It's wrong to compare it to 1984. It's wrong. You can't do that. Really? But why not? Hmm. Oh, it's going to protect free speech. That's why. I mean, we're, we're completely dedicated. We could have done a better job. Uh, they could have probably had, maybe, they, it, they could have probably even had a better candidate, but that's just, I don't even want to argue that point because then that means I'm taking as legitimate the creation of this board, which I'm not. He had stated, and in this, and this is, again, this is coming from a Politico transcript, partial transcript. He was talking about how DHS, Department of Homeland Security, now listen to this. They're looking at, they're going to be, quote, focused on the spread of disinformation in minority communities ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. So explain to me, 
And again, keep in mind that there is a PR board or a PR department within DHS. So that if there was any questions or if there was any bad reporting, this PR department within DHS could issue a statement. Could it not? Isn't that what such departments inside such entities do? There are a lot of businesses out there that have little PR departments, a lot of school districts that have PR people. And their whole point is to issue statements and clear up any kind of, um, you know, any, any gray areas, anything like that. So how does he, he says they're focused on the spread of disinformation of minority communities ahead of 2022 midterm elections. How are they going to stop the spread of disinformation if that does not entail curtailing its reach through various means of information distribution. I mean, what, and, and on minority communities, I was just telling you last hour, I was sharing with you the, uh, from the, the polling from the administration on black and Hispanic communities. They're done with this administration. They're done. So anything that doesn't reflect positively on the administration, is that going to be considered misinformation? Because that's kind of how it's already been handled. This isn't about keeping people safe. This is about fortifying what they have long viewed as their own Democrat strongholds. This is about politics. It's not about actual safety. And then he was saying he wasn't, it was weird because he, he's one of those people who they try to act like speech is violence, but it's not. And he said another point. This is from Politico. He said that, well, it's not about speech. It's about the connectivity to violence. This is what we need to address. An individual has the right, has the free speech right to spew anti-Semitic rhetoric. What they don't have the right to do is take hostages in a synagogue. And that's where we get involved. Okay, well, there's a big difference between rhetoric and action. And if you're trying to make the case that somehow action, that rhetoric is going to be an indicator of action, thus you should get involved during, at the rhetoric phase, that's going to be a big monumental problem. Big problem. Especially since everything that Democrats tend to disagree with is, is identified as hate nowadays. Huh. And media is completely fine with this. They've been completely fine with this. And they've they've... I mean, they've made it really clear. This is an absolute war on speech. Interestingly, uh, Ukraine had already, you know, Ukraine had passed laws like this too, you know. They had passed some, what you could call disinformation laws. And they were making arrests as a result of that. Hmm, just saying. I'm not saying that does get, gets them deserved to be invaded. I'm just pointing out that mm, it's very interesting how people aren't really talking about that. I also don't trust the DHS that they're not going to monitor U.S. citizens. You remember Brennan and uh, Clapper, the two CIA and then the, intel- the two top intelligence guys that both lied. One of them lied under oath about how they weren't actually spying on people within the Capitol, but yet they were. They were absolutely, absolutely spying on them. They've been, we'll talk about this later on because there's apparently, what is it? You're saying, you're telling me that the, the chick was a big fan of the, uh, of what is it? Because I read, I read a piece about this. She's a fan of the fairness doctrine, which is absolutely 
she had said in a uh, congressional committee in 2020, quote, I'm going to jump in on the fairness doctrine. I personally would welcome its return to our country. Hmm. Interesting. We'll talk about that here in a little bit because that is that is anti-speech, the fairness doctrine. And you need to know what that means. You need to know what it is if you don't. This was a this was a thing that we fought. When came was this back in 06, 07? Yeah. Right when I got involved in radio. Yeah, I was in I was in my twenties. I had just gotten involved in radio. Yeah, it started earlier than that though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they were they were talking about uh they were talking about bringing it back earlier than that, right. but it ultimately didn't go down. It would didn't get defeated until then. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So a few other things that I want to make sure that we're hitting because there's a lot of stuff to discuss. Media is garbage. And I'm really just I just you guys know I've not been a fan of the media for, oh, I don't know, ever, I think. Um, I've written a, you know about media critiques for a, quite a long time. And I could not believe New York Times did this insane piece on Tucker Carlson. And I've known Tucker Carlson for over a decade. And this chick, what is her name? I don't even she's um she's one of these people who tries to grift off of uh third wave feminism she's not a second wave feminist she's a third wave feminist and she tries to grift off feminism and her idea of empowering women is tearing men down and what does she write over she's some columnist over at ms i don't know who this chick is but i do think that she's um an annoying broad anyway so this New York Times piece, how Tucker Carlson stoked white fear to conquer cable. It's a ridiculous smear piece. But this is what this broad writes. And I hope that she's getting dragged for it because she deserves it. She tweeted, quote, Tucker's mom abandoned him as a child and vengefully left him one single dollar when he died. A devastating but clear origin villain story for a man determined to do anything to feel important. I, she doesn't know how to spell villain, so she accidentally used a French word. Or I think she just unintentionally misspelled it, and it's actually a French word, but it means naughty, but that's a whole other thing. Um, She can't even spell villain. And my whole point was this is a new low. If you're going to slam someone, learn how to spell. But shaming someone for having a bad childhood, shaming someone because they they could not control the cruel adults in their life is garbage. It's hateful, it's abusive, and I hope this broad is dragged online for it. That is ridiculous. To be so pathetic that you would use someone's rough childhood as a a political jab against them. Apparently, Shannon Watts, the half-drunk woman who's paid by Michael Bloomberg over at Moms Demand Action, but not in a pornographic way, um, she's not the only one who, who does that. You know they work with abusers, right, to try to disarm women? Mm-hmm. I'll write the book on that one day. So, that's just garbage. So ignorant to do that. I have more media mob practice for you, too. Gosh, we actually have a lot. I'm not. uh, My friend Glenn Reynolds has a great piece. What the Biden administration would do if it wanted to fight stagflation. We've got that for you. Assistant Secretary of Health, Mr. Rachel Levine, claims that doctors agree that gender affirming care is required, except doctors don't agree. We're going to discuss that as well. So you don't want to miss. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I have to tell you, Netflix canceled the development of Meghan Markle's animated series, Pearl, because nobody cared. And also, Netflix lost a bunch of subscribers. Pearl was an animated series about the life of a Z-lister suitcase girl on a game show that nobody watches. So you're not missing out. Can you imagine calling yourself Pearl? And do... Jeez. Someone loves they sells. Bill Murray addresses allegations of inappropriate behavior that led to the shutdown of the latest film. Leave Bill Murray alone. That's all I'm going to say. I like Bill Murray. Leave him alone. Uh, he was on this movie, Be Mortal. It includes a bunch of other people that I don't like any of them. Uh, it said that uh, it was going to be released in 2023. Now they don't know if he's going to be a part of the film. He said that it was a difference of opinion, saying that he did something that he thought was funny and it was not received that way by the other party. And so now they got to stop and, I guess, investigate the whole thing. Which is funny because didn't they go after Aziz Ansari on there? Because they went after him before. Just everybody, just chill out. Gosh, it's Bill Murray, and I, and he's just a wise guy, right? I don't know. I, I don't care. Researchers keep finding creepy washed-up dolls on Texas beaches. Someone said there's some nightmares out there. That's my favorite thing about this ever. About this headline, they're creepy barnacle-crusted dolls. It's weird. There was there a doll ship that like sank. What happened? And an Israeli tech firm says, soon you you will have a right to be forgotten. They can delete your digital footprint. We got a whole bunch of stuff coming at you, including how Adam Kinzinger is a waste of perfectly good human meat. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. In order to get in, you had to not only be vaccinated and boosted, you had to have a same-day test, Mm -hmm. a negative test. And then you had to download it into an app, and you had to have a QR code on that app and show it to the Secret Service before you got in. And there were people that somehow the app wasn't working for them, or they didn't have Wi-Fi, and they were turned away. And that made me feel more comfortable in actually going. And uh, President Biden made a joke about it, but there were a couple of Fox News tables there. So for the Fox News viewers, they've all been vaccinated, they've all been boosted, and they were all there and tested. Uh, Why would you do all of that just to go to that stupid thing? Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. That was uh, Sonny Hosta. Hostin. I keep wanting to call her the shade plant. The name for the shade plant. I can't. Sonny Hostin, Hostin, is it Hostin or H- I don't care. Nobody cares. It's one of the other. Nobody I'm cares. Not really sure. Let's not care. We got save your brain space, dude. You got to think about kombucha stuff, right? Yeah. And tinfoil hat things. Yeah. So save the brain space. Way more important. I agree. <laughs> they just amazed. I can't believe somebody would do all of that. All of the things that we had to do. We had to download an app, and then we had to do all of these things. I just would. Nobody. I would not. I don't want to spend time with anybody to have to do that. I don't want to go anywhere or spend time with anybody enough to have to do all of that stuff to do there, to, to, to do that, to be there. No way. It, it, that's, they're double vaxxed. And didn't you just get COVID? Didn't she just have it? After she was double, triple vaxxed and, and uh, boosted and everything else. Yeah, as Kane says, it's a religion to these people. Oh my gosh, I got to tell you this. Oh, jeez. 
before I can go. Hold up. This chick, I don't know who this broad is. I never heard of her in my life. Look, when you say stupid stuff on the internet, <laughs> what? She's verified. She's a blue check. Her name is Dr. Ellie Mary. She's an epidemiology assistant professor at Boston University School of something, public health. I don't care. And she, her bios are, her pronouns, because that's a thing. She, her, and doctor. She apparently put that in her location part. Okay. This, she actually wrote this. Quote. If you're not going to wear a mask indoors, then I'm not going to wear shoes or socks indoors anymore either. They're uncomfortable. And why should I care if you think it's gross? Oh, what's that? It's unhygienic for me to go around in bare feet all over public indoor spaces. So I have to wear shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Put your damn mask on. Okay, Hobbit. See, my shoes don't work. If you have shoes on whether or not my shoes work isn't predicated upon whether or not you have shoes <laughs> i'm sure this probably sounded really cool like a good burn in her head like she thought man this is sick i'm gonna it's not you know wear masks on your feet wearing one on your face to stop the virus is like wearing it on your feet to stop the virus yep. same effect because of the microns, the particles of the virus are so small. They've done like, we talked to literally a mask guy who was like, this is the thing you need to wear. Nobody was going to put this like beekeeper thing on their face. So, but also if you're a doctor and you're comparing like respiratory stuff to feet, I'm really worried about you, dude. Like I'm worried about you doing stuff. Like if she, yeah, if she wants to step on needles and glass and gross stuff, go all at, those are your feet, not mine. Yeah. Just because you step on a turd in your bare feet doesn't mean that I'm going to with my shoes and socks on. So go right ahead and do whatever you're going to do. I don't care. I don't care about your feet. Go and step on whatever. I'm not going to, your feet aren't going to be up on my face. I don't, it's just just the stupidest thing ever. Let's <laughs> just say it. You can't put the stuff in slack. It's like an Amber Heard sleepover. Right? <laughs> Stepping on poop. <laughs> exactly. It just, it, this doesn't make sense. Then don't wear shoes or socks indoors anymore. Go all out with your hobbit feet. Your nasty, dirty hobbit feet. Go right out. Just do it. What does that have to do with putting a mask on your face? It's a religion to these people. They're like a cult. Except cults used to like at least stuff that seemed like in a crazy sense. I mean, maybe in one reality that might be plausible. This it's just not. It just really isn't. Like the people who... Like, drank the poison and put the Nikes on their feet and thought they were going over the moon to the asteroid? That never... Yeah, that didn't work. Golly. Keep wearing your mask. It doesn't do anything. There was this fight over the safety at the... The Washington Post had this piece, and I just laughed out loud. They were... Some of these people did not want to install special lights to stop the viral spread. This is your super spreader event, right? Yeah, I thought so. It's your super spreader event. Golly, these people. A couple of things here. Uh, Adam Kinzinger is trying desperately to get people to go to war. He can go and he can go enlist. You know that they accept like voluntary enlistees. Kinzinger, who is going to be redistricted out, this is his life. He will never have a shot in hell of ever getting back in elected office. Uh, he kissed Democrats' butts so hard. 
because he thought that it would protect him from getting redistricted out, but it didn't. They just went <laughs> and did it anyway. He introduced authorized use of military force to defend Ukraine if Russia uses chemical, biological, or nuclear weapons. Great. He wants to yeet us all into a damn World War III is what he wants to do. I don't think that, I think that his eyes being a micron apart, like a, a millimeter apart, the width of a, not a, or a micron, the width of the uh, virus, the diameter of the virus. I think that his eyes being so close together is a symptom of him just not something else. I don't know. I feel like he's not human. I don't like Adam Kinzinger. I just want to make fun of him because I he says the dumbest stuff. He's out there trying to push this authorized use of military force so that Joe Biden can just flick the switch and get us all involved into World War Three if Russia decides to escalate anything more. And he's like, oh, he goes, we he is saying that we need boots on the ground over there, boots on the ground. Well, you can volunteer to send yourself. It's always these dudes who talk about sending everybody else's kids. He can go over there if he wants to. This, I, I, this um, he said we, he, he, he was introduced this, which is not going to go anywhere. This authorized use of military force. He's saying that if Russia does this, then we have to immediately get involved. So he's wanting like a nuclearized World War Three, is what it sounds like. <sighs> he's just, I'm not a fan of him at all. He realizes he kind of painted himself in a corner. He tried so hard to be, I think he wanted to be like the new John McCain or something. He wanted to be this new, I don't know, thought he was going to be this maverick. Except he was, he was motivated by wanting to not be redistricted out. So he thought he would do everything he could to cozy up with Democrats. And then he ended up losing his seat anyway. But now he's got to stick to this. This is, he just, he did it. He's got to stick to it. What else is he going to do? But he's up there. He was saying that um, there was a story that was going on over the weekend. He doesn't like Marjorie Taylor Greene. He says that uh, he he was saying that um, I guess that was the J6 panel. And she said that she viewed herself as being victimized because of how crazy it was. I had people who were in, who were in the media are friends of mine. I had a couple of friends of mine. They're like minded. They were with. Uh, the media and they were saying that it was you know kind of loud and crazy some of the people that were that had gotten into the the people who broke away and decided to riot FAFO and she was saying that she felt victimized and Kinzinger was why is he's notice this guy has not done anything except try to escalate stuff do everything he could to encourage escalation on behalf of the United States as it relates to Ukraine and then just go after other Republicans can you say anything other that other than him pushing this use of force? I don't know anything that he's done. I couldn't tell you. I think he has like fewer accomplishments. I can't even believe I'm saying this than Biden. Wow. Pretty amazing. Interesting, too. I just saw this from Musk. He tweeted just a few minutes ago that uh, NBC is basically saying that all Republicans are Nazis in a response to uh, NBC saying, if the neo-Nazi faction of the GOP expands in November, we're going to look back on this as, you know, Elon Musk handed this to the alt-right. Musk goes, so NBC are saying that Republican are Nazis. Yes, they are. Because they're saying, ever again, everybody who disagrees with them is a Nazi. Yeah. And yet they want to be the ones to determine what is or is not legitimate speech. 
I wish that I was shadow banned. I'm shadow banned again. I wasn't shadow banned on Friday and then I got shadow banned or Thursday and then I was shadow banned again on Friday. And then I wasn't over the weekend and then I checked it this earlier today and I was. It's, it's, I cannot wait until he actually all the ink is dry and he gets in there and is able to stop this because it's just so ridiculous. You can't, there, you can't have genuine, legitimate, you know, or organic conversations. Yeah, it's like the weekday staff knows they're, they're the ones who will shadow ban me. Speaking of media too, a couple of other things here and disinformation and everything else. Uh, the New York Times had a tweet earlier today where they were, it was about whether underground terrorist Kathy Budin and actually this was yesterday it said kathy Budin, who as a member of the weather underground took part in the murderous 1981 holdup of a brinks armored truck died on sunday she was 78 they deleted it and rewrote it they said now the new one says kathy Budin, a member of the weather underground imprisoned for her role in a fatal robbery but who later helped former inmates died at 78 Yeah, that's it. They deleted it and rewrote it. Weather Underground was a legitimate terrorist, leftist terrorist organization that had a body count. And the guy who founded the place, Bill, the, the group, Bill Ayers, um, and you can look at this, Barack Obama kicked off his political career in Bill Ayers' living room. They had a whole thing together. Bill Ayers is, you know, because you're on the left, you can go and blow stuff up and, and coordinate, you know, terrorist activity, and you can be on the left and then just go and become a professor at a university. You have to stay in Chicago, but you can go and be a professor at a university. Between this and the New York Times now deciding to do what it did, going after Carlson, media's garbage. Think of all of this stuff. Think, they, they've done more on Carlson than they have on the legitimate laptop. People act like this is just like a stupid right-wing talking point. It's not. Do you realize that we have a family in the White House that you they merged out the vice presidential office for business contracts. One of those business contracts was to give China total control over one of the biggest cobalt mines in the world in Congo for electric vehicles. Well, what's a big role of Joe Biden's Green New Deal moving everything to EVs? That family made millions off of that. There's a receipt for that. They don't know exactly how much, but they know that there was a payoff because they literally wrote about what they would earn from negotiating the deal in the emails that are on the laptop in the custody of the FBI. So these are all legitimate questions. You can't just like brush them off as hokey right wing conspiracies when they're real. I mean, it's unfortunate that people on the left don't want to know how they're getting sold out and how instead of coming up with our own ways of extracting rare earth elements we're literally outsourcing everything to the and, and expanding china's monopoly on it we have more to come we have florida man on the way too Stephen yates is going to be joining us later on because speaking of china china's getting they've been making some moves over the past week some people are wondering if this signals aggression towards taiwan or potential invasion we're going to talk with him about that so you don't want to miss it's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. So I've heard, I mean, there's a joke about women drivers, you know, and there's also jokes about bad GPS. Both of those two combined in one crazy story. A Florida woman, according to w, uh, WTW uh, and WFLA, a Florida woman who drove her SUV through a police 
pedestrian plaza all the way down a flight of stairs. Just claim, just said that she was following her GPS's instructions. Oh my gosh. They didn't buy her claim. She literally drove her Toyota Highlander through a police department plaza into the garage or no, sorry, into the department garage across a pedestrian plaza and then down a flight of stairs. Kind of. It got stuck. Uh, and they asked what happened. And she said, I was just following my GPS instructions. That's literally what she said. It's in the police report. They didn't really buy it. They felt, Kane, that it was her excessive blood alcohol level that actually led to that. And so I don't know what her blood alcohol content was, but she was issued a summons for operating while under the influence. Legit drove her car through a department garage, across a pedestrian plaza, down the stairs. I was just following my GPS. KATU, Channel 2 ABC, Baker County, Florida. A Florida woman stopped feeding her baby because she said it was annoying. Give me five minutes in a room with her. I won't even need that. Give me 60 seconds. Lock me in a room with this broad for 60 seconds. I'll do you taxpayers a service. Investigators in Florida arrested a young mother on child neglect. They said her eight-month-old baby has suffered neglect since the day of his birth. Haley Kent, 21. Haley Kent, 21. Started earlier in April the investigation into this when doctors at Wilson Children's Hospital in Jacksonville began treating her child for life-threatening injuries. At eight months old, the baby had the average weight of a two-month-old. Severely malnourished, the baby also had a skull fracture. After she was arrested, she told deputies that sometimes she felt like annoyed over the way her baby needed to be fed so much. So she just stopped. The baby is now recovering in foster care and gaining weight. She's facing multiple counts of child neglect with and without great bodily harm. Prisoners will have fun with her. And I, I'm just going to say, this is where I think like you either need to take time, you know, take time off the sentence when prisoners take care of stuff like this or give them a nice... You know, at the commissary, give them a, give, give them some give them some something, something incentive. Right. A uh, Florida man used music to show his displeasure with two de- planned developments in Marion County, Florida. Uh, he was asked to go to a meeting and he goes, I was so moved. Brian Donnelly said he had to he didn't want someone he, there was going to be a wastewater facility into a warehouse. And I don't know. So he began. Bla- what is the music? He began blasting uh, the music because they were moving some houses to do it, blasting the music to show his displeasure. They didn't tell me the song. I'm disappointed. Stay with us. Third hour on the way. We are in so much trouble because those guys believe in making money. We've already seen that with the 2016 election Mm. in Zuckerberg when he was taking rubles for ads from Russia and say, oh, I think it's crazy to think they had any influence on this election. Mm. Musk is the same. Musk doesn't want it. Oh, you know, he's upset with the SEC, tried to, how dare they question him? You know what I'm saying? This is dangerous. We can't think anymore in this country. We don't have people, (laughs) no, I'm serious. We don't have people in Congress who can make regulations that can make it work. I think we can look to the Western countries in Europe for how they are trying to limit it. But you need, you need controls on this. You need regulation. You cannot let these guys control discourse in this country or we are headed to hell. We are there. Trump opened the gates to hell and now they're chasing us down. Wait, we got it. Who is this guy on CNN? I never heard of this. Oh, put a hand over my mouth, Lord. I have never heard of this guy. 
until right now. He's described as a journalist and an author. Shut up. He's some goofball who was something or other. I don't care. Nobody cares. Uh, welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. Good to be with you. Your lovable curmudgeon. Go sign up for my newsletter at Chapter and Verse. Who is this guy to determine what we can or can't say? He sounds like a cranky old man telling everybody to get off his lawn. He didn't apparently have any objections when it was just Ted Turner owning CNN or just Murdoch or billionaires have always owned means of, of uh, distribution of information. They've always owned networks and they've always owned newspapers and they've always owned magazines and they've always owned all of this. Getty's owned the, the, the photo. They sold a photo service. I mean, for the love, it's always how it's been. What he's mad about is he doesn't want two people. Zuckerberg can't be pressed on enough, apparently. And Elon Musk just went on a tear about how NBC was the entity that built, built Matt Lauer a rape office and killed the Weinstein story and wouldn't report on Hunter Biden's laptop, verbatim his words. So, yeah, yeah, those guys are lovely is what he'd said because NBC was criticizing him. So they're mad because they have someone who, you know, instead of just creating your own you know, network, how about we buy yours? They're, that's what they're mad about. And then this guy actually says, it's insane to me. Well, you know, Congress got to give up on Congress doing anything. So let's look at to, to Europe for. So oh, wow. Jiminy Christmas. He's actually advocating to, uh, to, to bypass Congress and as, a, as if they could do anything with speech anyway. And look to Europe on uh, when it comes to banning speech. Why don't you just move there since you're so unhappy, David Zerowak, or whatever your name is. Just move there. Good heavens. All right. A couple of things to discuss <sighs> because we've been discussing the ministry of truth and a million other things. I have to tell you, there's a, um, and we'll talk to my friend Stephen Yates here coming up. I've, I've watched this conversation kind of happen on the right. Have you seen this too, Kane? This conversation on the right that is getting into uh, paid family leave. And I've seen a number of these, I, I don't know, people who are on the right in the commentary talk about this. And they actually think that there should be that Republicans should be for paid family leave. And I'm against this because I feel like you're controlling business again. You're telling businesses what they can and can't do. As someone who's had kids, and as someone who stayed at home for the first few years of their lives, I know, I mean, I speak from a lived experience, which is such a redundant phrase. I hate, I hate our society. This is the same society that gave you the word conversate instead of just converse. So I saw someone tweet something about Pete Buttigieg and how he did, he legitimately took off like what, two months? For paternity leave during a lockdown and supply chain bust and all this other stuff and then he finally came back and i guess is now pretending that he's doing his job whatever job it is you know he was the former uh vice admiral uh for the canoe fleet at camp wimpy tonka there in south bend in addition to just counting the buses that they had 49 of them i believe correct yeah he's an expert on the transports don't you know so someone had made mention of this and I'm not going to name names because then it'll turn into me naming names instead of talking about the issue because everyone sucks. 
And someone made the was was making an observation on Pete Buttigieg taking all of this time for maternity leave. And how here we were in the middle of a supply chain disruption, etc. I should add that, you know, when you're when you're going for a public office like this, you're also acknowledging that you're taking a not just a very visible taxpayer funded seat. But one of the reasons why you're you have some of the well, you're in this seat because sometimes you could have a supply chain disruption and that means you got to interrupt your damn maternity leave, dude. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, I'm, it could be paternity leave, but, you know, him and his his husband, they had their paternity leave for months on end. He legit was in my for like eight weeks. And so. That's there's a point to be made there when you're going for public office like this. It is important that you recognize there are trade-offs. And if you don't want to have your paternity or maternity leave interrupted, then don't go for public office like this because this is not what taxpayers do, okay? Republicans are so weak that there's, and some of these people in the Republican commentariat are so damn weak that they feel like, oh my gosh, the only way we're going to win people over is if we do, if we sweeten the pot with uh, additional, I mean, it, it is, it's government welfare. It's we're going to force businesses to accommodate your private lifestyle choices that they have to pay for, but have no part in making. Otherwise, you're going to scream from the top of your lungs. If I'm running a business, this is how I'm going to look at it. I'm going to hire the most qualified person. But you also have to realize business owners, especially at a time when businesses, the majority of them are small businesses. Sixty percent of our economy is powered forward by small business. And. You have people who are going to you're, you're wanting to, the business is looking to hire if you are a woman who's having a child. I think it's great if businesses want to offer incentives or not incentives or if they want to offer perks like that, like, oh, well, OK, you get to have time off, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's wonderful if they want to do that. That's great. In fact, I think that businesses should take care of the people who care for them. And that makes it very competitive. And I think that's great, especially when we're apparently they're looking for struggling to find people to work. But I don't believe it should be mandated by the government because then when you have someone who is out on maternity leave, you basically are paying two times the salary for one position because you have to bring in a temp. That's like a real bit. People who don't ever run businesses don't ever have to think about this stuff. And most of the commentary on the Republican side are people who've literally never had to think about this because they're journalists. They live in, in, in urban areas and they are journalists. So they've never had actually had to think about writing a business, opening a meeting payroll, uh, running things like this. I'm just against government mandating that businesses do anything, baking cakes or otherwise. I get super libertarian about this. And so now apparently it's there. I see these these welfare Republicans going, oh, it's pro-family. They've all, you're already waving the white flag. If you're demanding to have government force your policy on an issue like this, that means you're too lazy to get off your ass and go and, and, and evangelize it yourself. Maybe talk to businesses, maybe create like a, a citizens association or some kind of group or nonprofit or something to where you are encouraging businesses to implement it. And sometimes businesses just can't afford it. And I, I just, I'm amazed at this. So this person made this observation about Pete Buttigieg and said men taking weeks off for paternity leave is ridiculous. 
When I had my first child, my husband worked at a place where all the executives were women. There was not a single man who was at the executive level where he worked. It was a 98% female workforce. He had two women bosses. And on the day that I had my child, them bitches were blowing his phone up. You need to get back to work. You need to get back to work. You need to get back to work. He barely had enough time to pick me up from the hospital, race home, drop me off. And then I was home alone, barely able to walk because I had an episiotomy. Look that up, dudes. And was dealing with my newborn child. And I can call them bees because they were and are. But you know what? Why was it their responsibility? Why was it that business's responsibility? It does not change my opinion at all whatsoever about having the government involved. No, the reason I get salty about it is because those same broads are the ones that are like, we demand they exactly did it because they're big Democrats and they publicly advocated for paid leave, paid family leave, paid paternity and maternity leave. But I knew how they ran their workplace. I knew how they were hypocrites. That was my issue was that they were hypocrites. I still don't support it. Make plans. It is not your employer's responsibility. Unless you want your employer in your bedroom saying, you know what, we're actually going to be planning an expansion of the business. So maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, is it your time? Of, you know, is it that time? Are you ovulating? Do you want the, your employer involved in that, you know, the minutia of your day to day life? Because if not, then why in the world are you demanding that they take care? And why is that a Republican position? Are Republicans so damn fearful and weak that they have to demand that the government force these policies because they know that they're not going to persuade people to it? Is that what it is? How is it pro-family to make the family more dependent upon government? How in the world is that more pro-family? That's more that's pro-government. It's not pro-family. And I love these people who get off on trying to take other people down publicly like this, especially on the right. It is so annoying. I see people who are like, here's my time to shine. Here's my chance. I'm going to take it. You probably haven't had any kids. <sighs> what does that have to do? doesn't matter if you've had kids or not. You either want more government or you don't want more government. Don't sit here and lord your vagina over somebody else. No. I can't stand this. This is not a conservative. Kane, I'm trying. I'm Sam Jackson sitting in the diner, and I'm looking at Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Real hard. It's not a Republican position. And it shouldn't be the government's position in any way. No. And I love the phrase pro-family. Republicans, yes, no, pro-family isn't pro-government. It's not. Don't, don't mess them up. Don't label a pro-government thing as a pro-family thing. Jiminy Christmas. We got more coming up as well. We got headlines on the way. My friend Steve Yates. 
Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich joins me to discuss his winning legal fight against the Biden administration to keep Title 42 in place. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Brnovich also makes his case to be the Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate. And I'll take aim at Biden's Orwellian Disinformation Governance Board and what the left's real vision for the future of our country is. Join us. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Do not be bullied by bullies. If they're making threats, you cannot back down. That's my view of it. That you, you we're there for the fight, and you cannot, uh, you cannot fold to a bully. Well, that's Nancy Pelosi's wise words when she went there too. She she went. I guess that's why she wasn't at the uh, White House correspondence thing, because she went to uh, Kiev and I guess to meet with Zelensky and others. There's some photos of her meeting with them. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Joining us now, my very good friend, Stephen Yates, senior fellow at America First Policy Institute, and he's chair of their China Policy Initiative. He joins us from his Lego bunker. Mr. Yates, always good to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I wanted to, a couple of things, and then I, I, I really want to switch gears to this development that everybody's that's now getting reported on as it relates to Beijing and Taiwan. But um, these reports of Putin being sick and all these videos that came out where he looks awful, he is stumbling a little bit when he goes forward to shake hands with these other leaders that he's meeting. He's got, there's a number of videos where he's gripping the table. He can't stop fidgeting. Clearly something's not right with this guy. Uh, they said that he's going to be incapacitated briefly while he undergoes surgery for some kind of cancer, cancer treatment, I guess. Uh, and then he's going to be back and they make it like it's going to be better than ever. He's going to be as good as new. So my question is, how sick do you think this guy is? And secondly, even if he does kick off, I would imagine that there's someone just as equally nefarious waiting to replace him in the wings. Well, number one, given the experience we've had in recent months, years, and just our adult reality, we well, one thing we can know for sure is that our intelligence services probably have no idea what comes next. <laughs> or if they make an assertion that they have high confidence that such and such is going to happen, then we can basically toss that aside because we've spent billions and billions of dollars to basically get things wrong uh, when it comes to this kind of a challenge. And basically, we're going to have the leadership out of Russia that Russia gives us. We're just going to have to figure out how to deal with it or not. Uh, with with Putin, the odd thing in a lot of these stories is who he says is going to hand the controls over to. In most normal systems, it would be obvious you have a prime minister or a deputy prime minister or a vice president or something like that. And it sounds like, under according to the Russian press, it's going to get handed over to someone who's in charge of the security services, which basically sends a really weird signal that he trusts absolutely no one in the process. So I, it's, there's a whole lot we don't know about what's going on in Russia. And of course, they're excellent at theater and disinformation. So I've been told. And so we should not assume that there's anything even wrong with the guy, even though he's clearly not altogether rational or he wouldn't have done what he's done with regard to Ukraine and a bunch of other stuff lately. Yeah, you make a really good point talking with Stephen Yates that this has been a disaster. I was reading that, what is it, one, how many high ups in the military has gotten killed, like one general a week? I didn't realize that they had that many generals to spare. A lot. A lot. And these are the ones that have real experience commanding real troops. And you and you start, I mean, it's you know, General Kellogg, my AFPI colleague, was going down the list. 
and it's sort of like playing cards. He's got a deck of like eight and six of them have been greased. And so it's really, really hard to imagine that all is well within the security services of Russia. They can't think this is going swimmingly. Uh, and when you look at everything from the world's longest Zoom table meetings to other kinds of there's all the everything from his puffiness and lethargy or whatever else was going on with his behaviors, something's not right. But if you screwed up this bad, you shouldn't feel right. So how much of it is physical? Mm. How much of it is because you're kind of a megalomaniac and things aren't working out? That's very frustrating. Is it, isn't it possible that there are people there that could remove him? I, because there's always the the talk of uh, you know quasi palace intrigue that you know he has to think about these other oligarchs out there and these other people in the military. Is that a real threat for him, or is it just that much iron fist control? Well, it's all true in a sense. However, these autocratic autocratic regimes where they're paranoid and they have sometimes reason to be paranoid, they spend a lot of their time pushing their challengers away or sometimes disappearing them. I mean, really, the model is not that far different for Xi Jinping in China or Putin in Russia. You have people who accidentally get fired, accidentally disappear or die. Uh, and then your yes, you face challenges, but people know the risks in trying to challenge you. And these authoritarian regimes are disappointingly sticky. You just remember that the Kim dynasty in North Korea was supposedly flat on its back, totally bankrupt, and was going to fail, predicted by our multi-billion dollar intelligence agencies, among others. And of course, they're still around 20 years later. So, uh, so I wouldn't bank on there being fundamental change by way of a change in Putin's health. However, it would be a blessing to the world if this guy would move along and we figure out what the next challenge is coming from Russia. Yeah, shuffle off this mortal coil. Best wishes. Best wishes, Putin. That's, uh, yeah. I wanted to switch gears and ask about this story. And again, this could be just speculation or who knows. But the question came up that is whether or not China is preparing to evade, invade Taiwan. Beijing ordered officials to find ways to protect the nation from Western sanctions like they saw Russia dealing with. Is that, to you, indicative of any kind of plans for escalation on the part of China? Well, it's not as much of a tell to me as I think it is among a lot of other analysts, in part because Beijing had to have been thinking about this the moment that normal trade relations was removed for Russia. The moment that the supposed crippling sanctions were put in place talk about the SWIFT system for bank transfers. All of that was hot and heavy really a month ago. And so in a way, this is a, a sound boom delay of a topic that they had to have been talking about anyway. However, if they were going to take belligerent action towards Taiwan, this is one of the things that they would want to have buttoned down. They would want to figure out how would they weather the, those kinds of moves if the West proved to have the gumption to do them to China. I would like the West to be willing and prepared to impose those penalties on Beijing. I'd be cool with it if they did it now and didn't wait for some kind of irresponsible activity and let good behavior earn your way back. Mm. But not everyone thinks like me, I've come to learn sadly over the years. They would call you a warmonger. They would say, oh, you're gonna escalate it to the point of World War III, but are they really in the position to do anything? Because they're, they're killing people's dogs in Shanghai. Nobody can even leave their buildings to, still, still, it's been weeks. 
Well, the situation in China is definitely worse than a lot of the wider world is prepared to pay attention to uh, or realize when it comes to what our leverage really is. Uh, I think we are, we do have to be realistic about how dependent we've allowed ourselves to become. And so just like they're thinking about the pinch they might feel in a crisis, we should be thinking about that too and adjusting our relationships. But it's a very clear indication that they're more serious about changing the fundamental direction of their government and its relationship with us than our government is with regard to the United States relationship with China. And that's something that we in the supposed free world should be fixing now. Yeah, that's a very great point. Talking to our friend Stephen Yates, one another as it relates to China, but then kind of bringing it back to domestic issues with this disinformation board. News came out, and I was pulling this up. The uh, CCP they cited the false claims about the origin of the coronavirus from the very woman Nina Jankowitz, who is going to be the czar of the Ministry of Truth or the Disinformation Governance Board. It's a really long name. Uh, apparently. Jankowitz had said that putting the blame on a Wuhan lab helps the Trump administration find a scapegoat. And the CCP apparently repeated this. Uh, The Washington Examiner was reporting this. They repeated it and that became part of their propaganda. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Well, number one, uh, I don't know how there isn't a move by the people who allegedly have been elected to represent us and provide advice and consent to these kinds of appointments to remove this person who very clearly is thoroughly incompetent for the job and has become a tool of our number one adversary when it comes to disinformation in the entire world. Whatever sins anyone wants to lay at the feet of any American, they pale in comparison to the state-run and managed propaganda accounts that have been allowed to run rampant on Twitter, Facebook, Google, everywhere. Uh, And so to have someone who's become fodder for that, so obviously on the core mission to which she's supposedly appointed, I mean, it's, it's not just laughable and embarrassing, it's basically broadcasting profound weakness and ineptitude to the world. And so I think it's actually a, a national priority mm-hmm. that this be shut down and this person be removed. Uh, but, you know, the secretary, my orcus was up before Congress. I didn't see people really beating that drum super hard on this. And this didn't sneak up. These videos have been out for a long time. It's just the whole idea of a ministry of truth sounded so crazy. But, you know, for some of us who saw the cultural revolution in China, saw the woke movement in the United States amplifying what a cultural revolution is, this is just another sort of resonance with that political movement that is undermining institutions in the United States. And I hope people will wake up and push back. Yeah, we already saw that Italy created a social credit system now. They're they're copying what China did. I, I feel like we're not that too far off with that now that we got this Ministry of Truth board. Knocking on that door for sure. And it's a travesty. So hopefully the headwinds increase for this kind of craziness. Yeah, Stephen Yates. Find him at Yatescoms on Twitter. Always appreciate it. Thank you so much, my friend. Very good to see you. Thank you, Dana. Take care. You too. We have more to come as we wrap up this third hour of broadcast. We've already, we're making it through Monday, guys. See, this week's going to fly by. But then I don't want the week to fly by too fast. Because then that means, means the weekend will go quick. And then we're back in the week. So, you know what I mean? Like, y'all need your downtime. So, I'm just saying. 
If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50 round double stack magazine, which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting because it's well balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see Keltec's reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other Keltec weapons, and products, check out keltechweapons.com. That's K E L T E C weapons.com. Keltech, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. The Dana Show. Well, Republicans <laughs> seem to support one fellow, some guy named Brandon. He's having a really good year, and I'm kind of happy for him. That actually was funny. That was the only funny part. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't write that. He was. He probably didn't even know who Brandon was. Just saying. Good grief. Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here. Make sure you go sign up for the newsletter over at Substack, Chapter and Verse, and then uh, I'll be on Fox tonight with Jesse Waters. Except Jesse's out, uh, and uh, I'll be on. I think the top of the hour. So uh, another quick thing to note: you remember how everyone said that when the mask mandate would be lifted on airplanes, that everybody d- said that there's going to be widespread cancellation, there's going to be staff illness, the cancellation rates of all these airlines is going to be crazy. There's none. There's zero cancellation. But I thought that that meant. You mean they lied to us about? You stuff? mean they lied? They were untruthful. Yes, they were totally untruthful. They completely, totally lied. That's so consistent of uh, them. I know, right? Exactly. I, it, but instead, you know, that they they could not be, they shouldn't lament over that. They should want to get every get travel going back, get people going back out there. Of course, people probably aren't going to be wanting to spend a whole heck of a lot of money because inflation and now stagflation. My friend Glenn Reynolds has a great piece over at the New York Post when he was talking about the things, as per Milton Friedman, that Biden should do to hasten a return to a healthy economy. He's not doing any of it because the 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 housing bubble now that looks like inflationary pricing increases in rents, everything else. The economy shrank one point four percent last year. Remember, they predicted over a percentage point of growth. They predicted that it was going to grow. Didn't happen. And now stagflation, regulatory explosion, massive increase. He revisits history and talks about the time of uh, LBJ. And how Johnson did not do anything to restrain spending. Instead, he writes, he midwifed the greatest expansion of federal regulatory authority since the New Deal. And the regulation was more intrusive and pervasive. And that's when you had occupational safety, OSHA, and all that other stuff come in. The stuff that he wants to do, the crazy spending, and that's what everyone first says, is stop government spending, first off. Stop. The... Number of pages in the Code of Federal Regulations has increased by two-thirds. And the number of pages published annually in the Federal Register, Reynolds notes, has tripled. Stop expanding regulatory authority. Stop spending. Lower taxes, even. Instead, Biden wants to get rid of the Trump tax cuts, which would be just disastrous. 
I'll link this piece up. It's a very good piece, and I will link it up for you. In the meantime, you have Dr. Scarf warning people of uh, a wave of of uh, summer COVID, and New York increased its label to uh, the risk label. What is it? It's uh, It went from uh, a higher label. It went to medium risk level. It's level yellow, and they think that they're going to have to bring back some restrictions. Are you kidding me? It's endemic. Which restrictions worked for them? Yeah, which restrictions did it? I'm going to be I'm going on vacation finally after 3 years of not being able to. I am not going to be dealing with y'all's garbage regulations and all this stuff for an endemic virus now. Not doing it. Kane, I'll be on cops, I promise you. Like I swear to you hands to sky, I'll be up on cops. You're going to have to cut audio me on cops. That's what's going to happen. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not dealing with this. Stop messing with people. It's endemic. Jeez. That doctor can go barefoot all she wants to. We're not going back to that stuff. We're not shutting stuff down. We're not We're not doing any of this. We're not doing it. But they're trying to really scare people. They keep talking about these new strains. Remember in the beginning when Trump was saying, you know, the, uh, the solution cannot be worse yeah. than the problem. And that's exactly what we've experienced the last two years. A solution that's been way worse than just letting this virus that has, it's actually safer than the flu if you look at it in regards to kids. Yeah. Um, why are we doing all this? Government just has this need, like a cocaine habit, of emergency powers. Mm. And that's literally what this is all about. Yeah. And uh, also, remember the mental health, not just the mental health, the drug addiction, everything else that skyrocketed while everything was locked down. Speaking of which, tomorrow we're going to talk about how Mr. Rachel Levine, the transgender assistant secretary of health, claimed that every pediatrician all agrees on gender affirming care, except they don't. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow, amongst many other things. All right. Today in Stupidity came. All right. It is Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas here. He's talking about the new disinformation board, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. He says best practices a lot, which I have a comment on after this. It looks like uh, policing of speech. Can you explain what this uh, program is about? Sure. So we set up essentially an internal working group. And I must say um, that. We could, we could have done a better job in communicating what it is and what it isn't. It's a working group that takes best practices with respect to our work. You best, think? Best practices. Why are you starting your best practices like just now? now? Why would you why, wait? Yeah, why would you wait? That does God. it for us today, folks. I'll be on Fox this evening in the 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern hour. Make sure you sign up for Chapter and Verse Newsletter. got stuff coming out for you. And that does it for us today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich joins me to discuss his winning legal fight against the Biden administration to keep Title 42 in place. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Brnovich also makes his case to be the Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate. And I'll take aim at Biden's Orwellian Disinformation Governance Board and what the left's real vision for the future of our country is. Join us. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.